Hello and welcome to UC Today. My name is David Dungay. Today I am joined by Max McKee from Owl Labs and Craig Durr from Wayne House Research, part of the Futurum Group. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you both? Doing, great, thank you. Doing great. Thanks for having us, David. So today we're going to be talking about building hybrid meeting rooms for the future. Uh, we know the meeting and the hybrid meeting room has gone through a huge amount of evolution over the last couple of years. Uh, so we're going to get into that conversation shortly. Should we do a round of introductions first, though? Uh, Max, let's start with you. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and the business? Sure, absolutely. So my name is Max McKeeve. I am one of the two co-founders of Owl Labs. Uh, in Owl Labs, we design inclusive meeting experiences for hybrid teams. That We started the company in 2014, and uh, to this point, we've acquired over 150,000 companies and organizations that use our products uh, worldwide. Um, we are really passionate about the space and the opportunity to bring people together with video conferencing. Fantastic. And Craig? Everyone, good to see you again. Um, Craig Durr, I work with Wayne House Research. If I haven't talked to you in the past, we are an analyst and research firm that focuses exclusively on what we call enterprise communications. Now, the area that I cover is what we call room-based collaboration. But in the last couple of years with hybrid work, it not only deals with rooms, conference rooms, but what's taking place in the office, as well as those personal environments trying to connect in. So uh, I appreciate you giving me a chance to talk about this topic. I'm really passionate about it. Great. Well, let's get straight into that first question then. Uh, what, are, what are you seeing from a customer wants and needs perspective when it comes to building their hybrid meeting rooms in this kind of post sort of pandemic world we're, we're finding ourselves in? Craig, do you want to kick us off? What, what, what are you seeing? Yeah, you know, um, yes, there's a lot of great stuff taking place, what people are doing. Um, and it's a little bit of what I see. I call it hybrid work 1.0 evolving to hybrid work 2.0. Um, I think people started the pandemic initially thinking hybrid work means I need to get my employees on a two day a week or three day a week in the office schedule. I need to put a reservation system in place and I'm done. But we're at the point that people are realizing there's more to do with that. There's ideas of inclusivity. There's ideas of meeting equity. There's ideas of enabling the type of work that is bringing people to the office. It's not just about sitting there down and doing concentration. Can these rooms support collaboration? Can they support socialization? Can they support education? So it's evolving so that uh, the meeting rooms need to meet the employees at the point of why they're coming in, why those reasons. It's, it's a really interesting point of evolution. And I think the industry know this, but now customers are starting to wake up to this idea and saying, ah, it's not just about putting a video device in the room. It's about a little bit more than that. Yeah. yeah. And if I, uh, from your side. Absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, Craig just summed that up really well. Um, I think sort of really down at the user level, um, you have to remember that before the pandemic, the, most of our day-to-day -day experiences were ones where we walk into the conference room, where we meet people face-to-face, -face, and sometimes you might have somebody on the remote end on a video call. During the pandemic, every one of us went home and communicated nearly exclusively with our colleagues over video which means we were in our, the comfort of our home. Our setup was perfect. We were in front of the camera. We had the best audio, the best lighting, the best experience. And now we're coming back to the office with a lot of empathy for what it's like to be that remote employee who's not able to join physically because you know one day you will be that remote employee. And then you enter the room and it's not that perfect setup that you had. 
there's just this one camera angle. You hope you got the best seat in the in the room so that you're framed really well when you sit in that room, that it's not catching the side of your face or the back of your head. And, you know, that experience now is really broken for you when you have to go back to the office. So the technology is critical for being able to capture you from the right angle at the right time, framing you really well so that you have the comfort in the room when you're in the office and the benefit of seeing the right person or the right thing at the right time when you're remote on any video conferencing client. And that's been really a forcing function that's come about due to, to, to the pandemic. Yeah, I really want to pick up on that, um, that, that technology point. Um, you know, what are the most critical components um, when it comes to creating these hybrid meeting rooms? Uh, Max, you, you, you mentioned a, um, a, a few there. You know, what, what are the really standout technology components from your perspective? Well, I, I think, you know, the pieces are, have always been there and it turns out the software is the critical component, the um, ability. So at the, at the heart of the experience is really the ability to capture high fidelity audio reliably and effectively. It's the ability to capture people really well, to give you as much context about not what just they're saying, but how they're saying it really, that gives you the understanding of what's happening in the room. And so the hardware has always been there, but then you've got this software layer that becomes increasingly important to be able to marry up the video, whether it's one camera feed or multiple camera feeds along with the audio. So that way that the conversation, the room is reproduced faithfully to the people who are remote. So that, that way they can contribute to the conversation as effectively as they would if they were in the room. So that's kind of what I'm seeing. Craig, do you see it differently? Uh, you know, yeah, I would actually mimic it in, in a very similar way. And you talk, let's, let's talk about what you said before. We all went home and worked a couple of years ago and we got very trained and very skilled on one head, one box. And we go into the meetings like, you know, I can focus on what Max is seeing. I can see what David's seeing and saying. I can see their reactions. But we get back into the situation where we put several people into a conference room and they're the one at the disadvantage now. The meeting has been virtualized. Before it was the far end dialed into the meeting room, and that's where the meeting took place. Now the meeting has moved virtual and everyone's connected to it. So how do you get that group of people, that same immersive, singular experience that they need to have? And you're right. That's where the technology is uh, important to step up. Um, I categorize it as intelligent video and intelligent audio. And, and you, you know some of these feature sets, but it's having the right combination in there. And the audio side, you, know, you have good spatial audio to understand where maybe people are coming from. Uh, besides echo cancellation and, and proper gain control so that everyone is being picked up equally, um, are you able to filter out background noises? You know, it, it's not just the dog barking, but now it's someone walking down the hallway or, or something like that. And then the video, yeah, you're, you're spot on. Not only is it just zooming in on the speaker, but on the group or maybe grabbing the two people that are speaking and getting the perspective, especially as the conversation turns around the room so that you still feel like you're getting some element of eye contact or, or engagement in that. It, it all plays well. It's, it's, uh, it, these are key elements to make a great solution. Yeah. While we're talking about audio, Craig, I mean, um, I had planned to ask this a bit later in the conversation, but, um, you know, does audio still trump video when it comes to um, the, the sort of priorities that, cost, that customers really like need to get this tech right? Well, you know, it is, uh, there's an old classic phrase in our, in our conversation that, you know, if the video dies and the audio is still there, you can still have a meeting. But if the audio dies and the video is there, 
unless you're holding up signs, you, you can't really move forward. So that's just starting with the basics of having audio connect and being good without losing packets. But now we're at this point of kind of having this immersiveness. Um, I don't want to have it so that for some reason, David, who's farther away from, from the monitor or, or the, the microphone, sounds like he's in an echo chamber versus Max that might be closer. So having that, um, I call it gain control, the, the proper elevations and balancing of those different voices, using some really great um, you know, mic technology that kind of does a, 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 an understanding of who's where, picking up, it becomes really important in those meeting environments. You don't want to think about it. I don't want to hear David sound different than Max in that room. Yeah, and if I can just add to that, and uh, I apologize for bringing what we do into this conversation for the moment, but you know, just real quick, a meeting gal is a smart 360 camera, microphone, and speaker. It sits on your table. It's able to capture the room in 360 and automatically frame the people who are actively speaking in your call, and it works with every video conferencing platform because it's a USB endpoint. Having said all that, um, we during the pa the pandemic we rolled out a feature for device pairing. And the idea was that, hey, you know, there are bigger conference rooms than just the small rooms where the meeting aisle is designed to sit in. And so customers wanted to extend that framing experience into those larger spaces. And from our point of view, we thought, well, if we can pair these devices and they can work together, not only can they frame people from the best angle um, to show them as they speak, we're also bringing the camera closer to everybody in the room. We're bringing the microphones closer to everybody in the room. And so now these systems can work together to give you better audio balancing so that the person seated further away from what might've been a single owl now sits that much closer. You have that much better equalization of audio performance. You get uh, much better framing. You know, this is, um, and, and, and ultimately to where you started, audio is the key. We always, we will never ship a product with audio that is, is subpar. That's, that's just the staple of, of the meeting room experience. But then getting microphones to more places in the room makes that audio problem simpler and it puts less of a burden on the complexity of the audio algorithms. Um, all again, for in service of the remote participants who can't physically be there. Matt, Max, let me geek out for a second. So I'm a product guy at heart and, and I was doing products for, for, 15 years before I was on this side of the thing. I'm going to start with a technical challenge, but put it in the way of taking place. When you have microphones that are located different spots of the room, the challenge you have is clock synchronization that takes place between the devices so that you don't get echo or reverb or basically one speaker picking up another microphone in the wrong time frame. It's a tough technology, uh, but to get it right is, is critical. Now you've got these microphones, and if you're if Al's doing this wirelessly as a communication between these devices, and you got this great synchronization between the microphones, and they're not picking up the speaker, but they're picking up the right people. That's that's a really that's a great win. It's a real smooth, seamless information. And again, with audio and video, but audio, you don't want your end users to know it's working. You just want to know they have a great experience. When they have problems, it stands out. And if and if and mastering that challenge shows that you've taken care of that problem and they don't know it's, it's a great solution. You know, yeah, uh, everything you're saying, I am like resonating with really hard right now, because at the end of the day, you know, there's, there's two things. I, th I think philosophically, when we started the company, my co-founder co and I, we don't have experience in the video conferencing space. What we had experience was in robotics and we came from <laughs> iRobot Corporation. And so we were really into software and automation and intelligence systems. And it really felt 
like the world was sort of headed in the wrong direction where the most affordable, inclusive video conferencing devices came with a remote control. And it felt like in a world of self cell phone class processing, we should be able to do better. We should be able to use automation to our advantage. And, you know, at the end of the day, oh, the second part of that um, backstory is Roomba as a product, it just has a single button on it that says clean. And from a user experience perspective, how much simpler can it get? So right. our philosophy was always, hey, make, we have a lot of complexity. We need to simplify it to the point where my own mother can use a meeting gal if she needed to get on the, on the conference call. And, um, you know, our customers in those early days, that was really our hack. We packed all of this intelligence into one device, and then it looked like a USB webcam and speakerphone to any laptop. And so that made it really easy to purchase, really easy to deploy. Individual operators could use it. But the key, the key thing is like, the customer doesn't want complexity. They just need to get to their call. They need to start their meeting on time, it needs to end on time. And they don't need to worry about the tech in the room. The room should adapt to their, adapt to their needs and, and the experience they're trying to have. And, and why that's more important, David, I'm, I'm never gonna give you a chance to ask the next question. But the reason why that's so important is because what you know, what the pandemic did, it's not just that 20% of employees and companies now using video the pandemic forced a broader base of video users. Now you've got that other 80% of company employees using it. They don't know it like us, like the three of us do as technologists. They need it to be that simple. And, and you're right. It, it The challenge became amplified and um, it became more apparent. So it's, it's glad to hear that, that that was the core driver of what you were trying to achieve. You, you beat me to it, Craig. Um, I was going to, as my question was going to be around user experience. I mean, um, you know, you, you both may remember the days of uh, of, the, of meetings and how they used to be when you walk into a room and spend the first 10, 15 minutes trying to work out the technology um, and make it all work before you actually started your meeting. Um, you know, are those days now gone, Craig? We now, how important a factor is this this user experience yeah. and this, you know? one touch kind of to connect kind of technology that we're talking about. Let, I'm going to give you a story which kind of sets the, the tone because you made reference to the, the old days. Uh, we used to do an experiment when we go into a conference room where we would take the remote control and set it down in front of one chair of the eight, 10 chairs around there. Inevitably, it was always the last chair that someone chose to sit down with if it meant that they had to pick up the remote and start the meeting and figure out what was going on. That mindset is still there today. No one wants to be fumbling with technology. No one wants to be able to, to fight what they're doing. Not only do they have to figure out the equipment, but the meeting platform, you know, the, the content button on Zoom is different than it is on Teams. There's Cognitively, they're already loaded with a lot of things going on. So that end user experience is important. It removes friction. Um, it reduces the cognitive load of what I'm trying to do in that meeting and allows me to focus on what I'm doing. Um, and it allows people to have an immersive experience and then they become more engaged and actually can have an enjoyable experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if I can add to the experience part, just real quick, you know, we, we building on our experience and this idea of being able to device pairs so that you can capture more angles and extend the audio range of the microphones in the room. Um, we also introduced a front of the room device called the owl bar, which we'll be shipping very soon. And again, it uses that same, so it, there's a lot of front of room video bars in the in the world at this point. 
Um, we felt that it was important to give customers the ability to actually tie that front of the room bar with a center of the table solution so that you get that coverage of the conversation as it's, it's when it's crosstalk, people volleying the conversation back and forth within the room or when they face the TV that they get framed really well. And, you know, the thing that always stuck out to me on the experience front is um, I would hear folks worried about how they look on camera in the conference room and some people just didn't even want to be in the field of view of it because they, they've got the wrong seat. And so now they're getting the side of their head or they're being partially occluded. And all these experience problems that you can understand why people didn't want to be in the room or if they were in the room, they were trying to hide from the camera because they didn't really get the best framing of themselves. They're not putting their best foot forward. Um, and not because they don't want to, but because they're just being excluded from it. And so this is where technology and intelligence and being able to tie the front of the, all these different camera perspectives together with intelligent software. I, I think in the end, you end up with a better experience where people don't feel like they have to be at home to be able to look good on the, on the video call. Um, and, you know, the experience really wins the day for, for me, from our point of view. Well, that leads nicely into, um, I was going to ask a question about artificial intelligence. You know, we're seeing AI is impacting uh, just about everything we, we do today uh, from a work perspective. Um, you know, Craig, maybe you want to kick, kick us off on this one. You know, how, how are you seeing AI really um, impact the, the hybrid meeting room space and, you know, solving some of those challenges, you know, Max was, was talking about there? Yeah, I, you know, so AI is not a new technology to intelligent video and audio. Intelligent video and audio at the core is algorithmic driven decisions taking place for you so you don't have to do it. And uh, you know, good engineers, good companies wind up using good data to train that, to pick up on that information right now. Now the model is a little different. It wind up being that it winds up being trained back in uh, information is captured and pushed down in firmware, but that AI technology has always been there but it probably hasn't had as much as the, uh, the, uh, uh, the buzz as we've seen right now around the generative AI. So what I, what I would share is this, is I think it is important and people are starting to recognize it for what it's been under the covers for the last couple of years. Um, good video, good audio, starting to become a little bit subjective. Um, there's a TV uh, producer element taking place here. Am I getting the right view or not? Is that decision? So what becomes important about this is how much time, how good, how well is that data that's training those decisions for your video angles, for your audio pickup and what have you. So it's, it's super important. And I think um, with everything we see taking place from our, you know, our peers like Microsoft and Zoom and whatever else in terms of generative AI, it's bringing it to the forefront. And people are thinking about it in their buying process. Yeah. I mean, in Max, is that is that the key to enhancing our engagement within these meetings as well? Um, you know, maybe talk a little bit around, you know, Al and what you're doing around the engagement piece. You know, we talk about the equitable sure. meetings is the phrase everyone likes to use. Uh, you know, what is that? What is Al doing around that? Sure. And just a quick side, I, um, you know, I, I love robotics, and I know a number of uh, robotic startups in the Boston area and beyond. And oftentimes, what robotics is, is that someone built a solution and then they spent a bunch of time looking for the problem they're trying to solve. <laughs> um, and so AI is, is, a, is a solution, but you know, you really need to focus that to a problem. And like Craig said it perfectly that 
um, there, there are a number of problems and there exists the different levels of the sort of communication stack. Like the things that Microsoft is doing is amazing. They're kind of creating this like super being that like understands your organization and you can interrogate it 10 years from now about what happened, you know, 20 years ago, and you will get reference links and all this amazing stuff. And so that's one, one layer of AI, um, being injected into the workflow. At our operating layer, we use intelligence to uh, to maximize the single objection, objective function, which is how do you create the best experience for the people who are not in the room? And since the pandemic, it's augmented a little bit. How do you make the people in the room feel at ease and comfortable uh, with the experience they're having with the technology? So AI is always the central theme. We're, we are a software-defined hardware company. Um, we do not have any value in this world unless our software creates the most engaging, the most inclusive experience on the planet. And that intelligence is really at the core. We started the company in 2014. We launched in 2017. We've been compounding our performance year by year by year. And as a function of learning where the limitations of the hardware is, we get to invent new hardware, new ways for things to interact. And all of that sort of bubbles up to the customer experience where just like the Roomba example, they just walk into the room, they have their meetings, it's the most natural thing, and then they leave. And that's, they don't, they should never know we were in that room helping them to have the best meeting on the planet. So maybe the next level of AI is going to sync those Roombas in those video conferencing rooms <laughs> to work when people aren't in there. Maybe it's something like that. I, I don't know. I, the world, <laughs> I, you know, the next 20 years are going to be really amazing, I think, with how these systems are starting to kind of come together. That's, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, man, it's, it's exciting. Right. Well, we're getting towards the end of the session today, um, but I do want to leave our viewers with some um, really uh, top sort of uh, tips and top uh, pieces of advice from our conversation today. There are a lot of businesses out there looking at their hybrid meeting rooms, how to get the most out of them, how to get the maximum sort of ROI from their investments. Um, guys, what are your top tips? Let's start with um, with Craig. What are your top tips for those businesses watching today who are really trying to solve this, these problems around their meetings? Yeah, so I'll start off at this high level. I think what's key, the, the key tip is don't approach hybrid work as a singular activity or goal. Hybrid work is gonna be a fluid activity you're gonna do within your organization. And you should be thinking about it not rolling up to a C-level goal, but it should be horizontal supporting all those other goals. Hybrid work can support your diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives by allowing you to hire other people elsewhere. It can support ESG based upon the idea that it might lower carbon footprints. It can support education for, cust uh, for, for employees because it allows them to work remote and they can continue to do other forms of education. There's a lot of great things. So my first thing is, is don't think of hybrid work as being the singular goal. Set it once and forget it. It's going to be something fluid that you're going to work with. And then that goes to the second thing. Make sure that you look at technology that's adaptive as you continue to evolve your hybrid work goals. Again, what one company might be doing might not be the, the right workflow for another company, but they could use the same technology if that technology has the capability to be flexible to work within those different environments, right? So those are my two key takeaways. I can go through a lot more, but let's keep it at a high level and talk about mm -hmm. those two. Max, give us your, your, your key takeaways, your top tips for our, for our audience today. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm a very practical person. And so I, I think simply and 
Um, there's a statistic out there that something like 90 million conference rooms in the world plus minus exist and something like 10% or so of them are wired for video conferencing. And, you know, on the one hand, I look at that as a huge opportunity for our labs. But on the other hand, I think to myself, man, what is it like to be the decision maker who needs to outfit all this space? And is it even feasible to be able to do that fast enough? And so I get to a place where, you know, value really matters. And so you have, I don't know what the, the offices of the future are changing. There's going to be probably smaller offices uh, with smaller conference rooms, generally speaking, but there's still going to be a lot of spaces that need to be connected and wired. And that is a very expensive problem. And then piggybacking on what Craig was saying, you also need to do it in a way where people actually want to use the tech you're putting into their room. Um, and so, you know, I think value is going to be a key driver of adoption of technologies into into those um, into those spaces. So I think what you're going to find is really a lot of folks sharpening their pencils, trying to find that sort of balance point between how much they're able to invest and um, while they're trying to optimize for that high quality meeting experience in the in the room. Fantastic. So we have reached the end of today's session. Uh, Max, Craig, thank you so much for joining me. It's a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Great conversation. And thank you for watching. You've been watching me, David Dungate, on UC Today. If you like today's conversation, please give us a like and a, sh and a share on social media. That's it from me. See you next time. Thank you.